The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Dr. Sarah Jarvis is a GP and TV doctor who's advocating for cardiovascular health. She's emphasising the need for regular testing and follow-up care for heart attack and stroke survivors. And Dr. Sarah is on the phone with us here. How are you today? I am very well indeed, thank you. So why is it so crucial for individuals who've experienced a heart attack or stroke to receive follow-up care? If you've had a heart attack or stroke, unfortunately the evidence shows that near Nearly half of people who have one will have another one. And on average, that's within less than four months. So if you've already had a heart attack or stroke, then we know that you are at higher risk than people who haven't. And that means it's really essential if you have had one that you see a healthcare professional at least once a year or indeed more often if it's recommended to manage your cholesterol through testing, through medication, through lifestyle changes and so on, as well, of course, as having your blood pressure and other things checked. Yeah, that's quite a scary statistic that half of people will have one again. What are the kind of things to be looking out for as an individual during that period after? Well, part of the problem is, of course, that this new research from the Vitus Pharmaceuticals UK shows that that's not the only scary statistic. Mm. So, for instance, what they saw was that nearly four in five people in the northwest of England had no idea that you don't have symptoms if you've got high cholesterol. So you're not going to know if your levels haven't been raised. And indeed, for people who have had a heart attack, one in 12 of them haven't made any changes to their lifestyle to reduce the risk of having another event. And one in 12 of them haven't made an appointment with their GP practice to follow up on it. So the first thing is, if you've had a heart attack or stroke, it's absolutely crucial that you make that regular follow-up appointment because you're not necessarily going to know, in fact, you're not going to know if you're at high risk otherwise. What actually is the relationship between high cholesterol levels and the risk of heart attack and strokes? So heart attack, one of the main risk factors is having raised cholesterol. There are different types of cholesterol, but basically they're usually divided easily into good cholesterol and bad cholesterol. So good cholesterol is what's called HDL cholesterol and everything else is bad cholesterol. But LDL cholesterol is the one that we really worry about. Now, we all need some cholesterol in our systems. We need a little bit of cholesterol to make up the walls of every cell in our body. But most of us have too much of it. Indeed, nearly 
half of people in the UK have cholesterol which are above national guidelines. And if you have too much, that can build up. It will slush around in your system, inside your blood vessels, in your arteries, which are the big blood vessels which carry blood away from the heart and deliver oxygen to your organs. And if those get furred up because you end up with line scale in your personal pipes, if you like, then that can start to block those arteries. And if one of those plaques, which these fatty deposits of cholesterol, then breaks open, what can happen is that can completely block the artery, completely cutting off all the blood supply and all the oxygen. Now, if that artery supplies blood to your heart, then the result is a heart attack. If it's supplying blood to your brain, then the result is a stroke. And you mentioned that you don't get symptoms from having high cholesterol. So for most people, will they realise it when it's too late? Yeah, usually it will be too late. And interestingly, the vast majority of people, in fact, in the northwest of England, as I say, more than nearly four in five people didn't realise that there weren't any symptoms. And nearly two in three people in the northwest said they'd never worried about their cholesterol levels. Well, frankly, everybody is at risk of having a heart attack. It's just the question of how high your risk is. So if you haven't had a heart attack or stroke and you're age 40 to 74, then you are eligible for a free NHS health check every five years. And you can get that through your pharmacist or by contacting your practice. If you have had a heart attack or stroke, again, it's really crucial that you see your healthcare professional at least once a year or more often if they say so to manage your cholesterol. And why do you think it is that a lot of people don't worry about their cholesterol and maybe don't fully know what it actually is? I don't know. I wish I did. I talk to patients about this all the time and they go, well, isn't that something somebody else gets? And women yeah. in particular say, oh, well, is there not, there's no problem for women, is it? This is only a problem for men. No, women get heart attacks as well. Not quite as often as men, but they yeah. absolutely do get heart attacks too. And I think the other thing is that people think, oh, well, I've got lots else going on in my life. Yeah. I haven't got time to exercise. I haven't got time to eat healthily. Actually, it really doesn't take that much. Now, the ideal where exercise is concerned, for instance, is to use any form of exercise. You don't need to go out and buy expensive kit. You don't need to join a gym. Anything that makes you mildly out of puff and gets your heart pumping a bit faster up to half an hour, three times a week, that will count as what we call aerobic exercise. And as yeah. for your diet, you don't need to suddenly become a vegetarian or a vegan overnight. What you do need to do is to start thinking particularly about the fruit and veg in your diet. So it doesn't need to be, you know, designer asparagus, peas, beans, lentils, pulses, frozen vegetables, canned vegetables, dried beans, they all count towards your vegetable and fruit intake. Yeah. So increasing your intake of fruit and veg, reducing your intake of saturated fat, so choosing vegetable-based spreads and oils instead of butter and lard and, and ghee and so on, and then reducing your intake of refined carbohydrates. So refined carbohydrates are sugary, and I think we all know what sugary carbohydrates taste like, yeah. but also the starchy ones, so the, the white ones, white bread, white flour, white anything really um, is a bad idea. So if you choose whole grain options, whether it's wholemeal bread, chapatis, brown rice, wholemeal pasta, whole grain cereals, they will, those will all do you, do you a lot more good. Yeah, I suppose it's quite simple really when you put it like that because a lot of that is just simple healthy eating and a healthy lifestyle. It is, it is indeed and the problem we've got is everyone kind of thinks, I think certainly among my patients, well I'll start doing that but it, it's a bit difficult this week, I'll do it next week yeah. and then next week it's I'll do it the week after 
I think the point is that you really, really do need to start doing it now. And you mentioned about sometimes women maybe feel that this is a men problem and other demographics as well. Are there any demographics that are maybe more at risk of not receiving follow-up care or it's down to themselves that don't think about it? Yeah, I think we know that, for instance, people from um, ethnic minorities are less likely to get themselves followed up. We do know that, for instance, people who come from deprived areas are more likely to end up being followed up. And I think that's really, really sad because, quite frankly, you deserve the best care. Yeah. And it's interesting because people from more deprived areas would be more likely to end up with these health problems in the first place. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And that's part of the problem. Yes. Well, where are we able to go to find out more information? Well, if you want to find out about getting an NHS health check, then go on to the NHS website. If you want to find out about cholesterol, about inherited raised cholesterol, there's a condition called FH, or if you want to find out more about cholesterol or diets for raised cholesterol, how you can reduce your cholesterol, how you can take small steps to improve your lifestyle, go on to Heart UK and they have some fantastic resources. It's heartuk.org.uk. They've got all sorts of useful information. And then finally, patient.info. They've got all sorts of information which is written by GPs for GPs and their patients about cholesterol and pretty much anything else you can think of. Excellent. Well, many thanks for talking to us today and we'll speak soon, no doubt. Pleasure. Thanks very much for having me on. The throbbing pulse of sound, the Toby Gribbon Show.